Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. But I'm going to share just for a moment, um, there, that one, you got you define moment yourself, uh, out of Genesis. So my Bible won't stay open because it's at the very front, but I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 2. I think there's an incredible correlation between Genesis 1 and 2 and Acts 1 and 2. In Genesis 1 and 2, God is setting the atmosphere. Uh, in Genesis 1, he's setting the atmosphere. In Genesis 2, he's putting the person in who is going to make it work. In Acts 1 and 2, he's doing the same thing. In Acts 1 and 2, he's setting the atmosphere for the church. And in Acts 2, he breathes the spirit of God, right, that begins to make the church work. And so there's an incredible correlation. There's a, an incredible symmetry and synchronicity. Anybody want to give me props for that? Nobody? Okay, cool. Um, I was re- as I was saying it, I was like, this could go badly. Uh, and so there's a really, really unique way in which these things tie together. And I just want to speak on this just for a moment. Genesis chapter 2, if you haven't. Uh, if you started your uh, one-year Bible, you haven't been here in a long time. Unless you do it like me and you start over your one-year Bible every two months. Anybody? No? You guys, you're looking down on your pastor now? Or are you like, you feel less of me? Donnie does. Donnie's rethinking this whole thing. Genesis chapter 2. I'm just going to start in verse 4. In verse 4. It's kind of a weird demarcation here between verse 4 and 5, but we're going to roll with it. All right, Genesis chapter 2. I didn't give them the verses, so hopefully you brought your Bible, or at least your phone that has a Bible on it, because I remember already calling you the good Christian, so I know you have one. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, it says this. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. All right, so that has just happened. And the second part of verse 4, it says, When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. Now, here's what's happening. In Genesis 1, you get this kind of 30,000-foot view of creation. You get, oh, this is what happened on day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4. You kind of get this big view. You kind of get this overhead view of what's happening in the earth. In Genesis 2, you begin to get into the weeds. You begin to get into what's happening. You're now on the earth seeing what's going on. It says, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. Now, he's created it. It's happening, but nothing's growing yet. And here's why. This is the cause and the effect. For the Lord God had not yet sent the rain to water the earth, all right? And there were no people to cultivate. Everybody say cultivate. There were no people to cultivate the soil. Okay, so nothing's growing yet. Why? Because God had not yet sent the rain, and he had not yet placed the people. From the very jump, from the very beginning, God's intention was to be in partnership with you. It has never never changed. That's why Acts 2 is the same thing. In Acts 1, Jesus goes, hey, wait until the Holy Spirit shows up. They're continually united in prayer. Then Acts chapter 2, there's suddenly a sound, because usually a sudden sound comes after a continual happening, right? That's why a leak in the ceiling doesn't happen after one drip, it happens after a thousand. And then suddenly, a hole busts through, right? Hopefully you've never had that happen, but Shane does work on houses, he knows that's the way it rolls. So there's this this continual thing happening and suddenly a sound, but Jesus waits, he tells the Holy Spirit, or tells the disciples to wait on the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit would show up, so that the Holy Spirit would partner with men, and they would begin to go into the earth. 
God's desire from the very beginning was to partner with you in what? Cultivating the soil. There's far too often we think the Garden of Eden was perfect. Now there was, this is the only thing that was perfect about the Garden of Eden. The environment for growth. The environment for life. The atmosphere for if you planted a seed, something would grow. If you, if you named an animal, that was its name. If you, if you get, th- 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 it was the environment for growth. God is all about setting a place. That's why when we talk about patterns, we want to establish the patterns of Jesus so we can adjust our life to have the posture of Jesus so we can inhabit places like Jesus did. Right? And the patterns we set in our life don't fill the room, they make the room. Right? It's the patterns you put on the wall that create the space in which you live. It's that kind of thing. And so God has set the environment for people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Why is that important to me? Well, we just came out of the healing and forgiveness deal. We're going to probably go into uh, what I, I haven't decided yet. Maybe I'll put a poll on Instagram. The next pattern could be courage and wisdom, because that's one that I haven't preached in a very, very long time. Or it could be power and politics. Talisha said she would not come to that last night when we hung out. And uh, she just don't want to do that. She's trying to be too polite. I don't need to talk politics. Um, but we talk about the politics of Jesus, which would be an interesting one. And yes, I'm okay to go there. I just don't know if you are, so we'll decide. Maybe you can watch it live, Steve. That way, if you don't like it, you can shut it off. Um, but uh, I haven't decided yet where we'll go. So we're in this kind of, this kind of middle ground. We're Labor Day weekend. Got a big announcement coming in just a couple minutes. And, and I wanted us to, to understand that, that what God asks of us is to, is to cultivate the place he has placed us. See, far too many times we despise the place we are rather than cultivate the place we are. Right? How many times, how many times have you been in a place and you've complained about it rather than cultivate it? Well, if they would just... If it was just, if there was more joy, well, why are you frowning all the time? If there was more happiness, why are you always angry? If people would just forgive me for who I was, why don't you forgive some people for who they are? Right? Why don't we, what, what, if we just cultivate the places God has placed us? There is, there is potential, not perfection. There is potential, all kinds of potential. And God's desire is the same desire that he put in Genesis 1 and 2. That we would have a place that we are cultivating, that he is watering and we are shaping. And how do we know we can do that? Because he shaped us like Adam and he breathed the spirit into us like Adam. And we need both. We can have the shape. How many of you guys know, I mean, how many of you, you have been? How many, I, I have been. Especially on a Sunday morning, you walk in and you've got the shape of a Jesus follower. Right nowadays, that means certain ways you dress or you know certain lists of songs or, you know. And I know you're not listening to the music that I've been listening to. The, the new, the, there's two gospel albums that came out the last couple of weeks. If you haven't been listening to them, you need to grab them. If you, if you have my C3 Fort Worth playlist, you know what's on there. It'll kind of surprise you out of nowhere. What's that? I would encourage you to do that. But we, we, can, we can tend to kind of go, okay, you've got the shape of a Christian. Which is, which is really a problem because 
we can tend to kind of look at the people who show up and the people, all right, well, if you've got this, and, and we've made the American dream the same thing as the kingdom of God. We've got, somehow made it to where if you are living comfortably and you've got the money you need and you've got the thing, then you obviously love Jesus. I don't know, man. I, I think the people who are living in, in another country serving the people there as missionaries who don't have the money, who don't have the stuff, and have a smile on their face and are giving their life to somebody, I think they're following Jesus. I think they're cultivating the culture. That, 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 that is kind of a root word, right? That we would cultivate the culture that we so desire. That we would be people who don't step away from what is going on in our world, but we would actually lean into it and we would begin to cultivate the kingdom on the earth. That we would not be people who are escapists. The church for far too long has been really good at escaping the scenarios and situations that we find ourselves in. But the church should be the ones right in the thick of it, cultivating and shaping and growing and breathing life into the things of this world. Amen? Do we believe God created the earth? So then we should make sure we do our best to make it what he desired it to be. So often we just go, oh, well, I'm just, I'm done with it. No, 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 you are not. As long as you follow Jesus, you will never be done with his creation. As long as you follow Jesus, you will never be done as his creation. You will always be working with him, and he will always be working with you. The whole point of the Holy Spirit in us is to create in us the image of Christ to continually and over and over and over again from glory to glory to glory shape us in the image of Christ. So why, why, why am I bringing this up? Because for us as a church, the thing I want more than anything else is for us to understand that our, our role, our vision is to be a church where people see Jesus on every street and in every heart not just on the street where our church is. Not just in the building where our church gathers. I want us to walk out of this place with a greater degree of purpose, a greater degree of calling. And let me just remind you always, I, I, I don't know if you think this, but I, I tend to always think this, that Adam showed up, Eve showed up, and they just knew exactly what to do, and it was, it was so clear. There was an instruction list. Just do everything the way. I, it's all laid out for you. No, Adam showed up just like you and I. God gave him a little bit of an idea of what to do, and then it was up to him. Now, sometimes we think that these people showed up as experts. Like the disciples were like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Everything up until Acts 2 were the disciples messing it all up. I mean, I don't know at what point Jesus was just like, I just think it's time to do it. We, we so often we get caught up in, well, I'm not sure, I know, I'm not sure. Your calling will always be beyond your current capacity. Always. Why, why, did the, why did the spies go into the promised land and come back and ten of them said, no, I'm, I don't think we can do this. And the other two said, yes, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua ends up being the guy that, that Moses hands the nation to and says, okay, no, go be strong and be courageous. They came back, and be, here's why. Because they looked at their current capacity and said their calling was too big. They compared their God to the giants in the land. They, they compared their calling to the things that were against them, not the God that was for them. Right, and so they 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 would they would shrink their calling to their current capacity. But for you and I to live in the calling God has for us, we have to be willing to lean into that calling and develop the capacity for it. 
There is, a, there is something in us that has to grow with the purpose we have. So if you and I have a dream about something, if you and I want to get healthy, get in shape, want to lose some weight, then guess what? We're going to have to go there. We haven't just arrived there. There's going to be a journey where you and I have to do certain things to get better. And every so often, we will actually have to go, okay, put more weight on the bar or speed up the treadmill or run an extra half mile. Or There's going to always be another thing to continually increase your capacity. If you would just give yourself the grace to progress rather than feel like you have to be perfect in the moment. And so what, I'm, what I want to share with you today about the announcement, what we're going to talk about, it ties in with that because we've never wanted our church. We, I, just, I just don't like when we, as the church, and I, it's so easy to be a critic of a church. the church. Don't, don't be that way. It, it, it's just like um, I don't want people to speak into my future or my, my present if they don't believe in my future. Okay, so I, I, I want people to believe in what God has put in me so that they can speak into who I currently am. And same way with the church. I believe the church right now is the answer for all the issues that we're facing. I absolutely believe putting Jesus in front of everyone is the greatest thing we could do. Absolutely the greatest thing we could do. Uh, to, we, I think everybody should have amen, but I'll just, I'll just, it'll be, oh, it's okay. You're still getting, it's five weeks, you're still working out, the, being off the couch and all that stuff, but. I think it's the greatest thing you and I can do. But sometimes what we do as the church is we tell you to go be something. We tell you to go do something. I believe that Ephesians 5 uh, motto, which is hey, that we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. 100%. But I also believe that the reason many of us have a tough time talking to our friends about Jesus is the only time we've heard Jesus talked about is from a pulpit, and we don't have one when we go to coffee. We, we don't know how to worship without a band because it's the only time we do it. I, I think worship matures when it sings between the lyrics, not just when the lyrics are on the screen. I think worship is much a posture as it is a song. And worship is a willingness to go there when no one else wants to go there. That's why my kids get scared when all of a sudden I belt out a song in the car. But I love I'm watching my kids now. They're singing Good Grace all week long. They're not singing it right. Singing some weird words in there. But, but, but I love that they're singing because I, what I want more than anything is to develop a habit of confession whether or not I fully understand my confession. Whether or not I fully get everything I'm saying. Fully understand the darkness I'm walking into. What I have to understand is what's on the inside of me must overflow. You've been given a calling. There is something in your life. What you believed was dead is coming back to life again. I was sitting with uh, our teams Wednesday night. We had a little time to pray, and there's about 10, 15 of us. And uh, it's a little interesting trying to get groups together these days. And, and, uh, and so we were able to do that. And I just, there was um, on, on two or three different occasions, people had different words that they just felt like the Lord was giving them, whether it be verses or words. And they just so, uh, they just came together so perfectly, so. Uh, in sync it was it was kind of wild like we didn't we didn't have any reason to prep it it was just us but one person would say something the other person would go well that right when you said that the lord was telling me something and then you know and and it was just an incredible thing because god wants to bring dreams back alive in alive in your heart he wants you to be reminded 
that he has put something in front of you. And he is initiating something that he wants you to be cultivating. He has... He is bringing the water from the ground. He is getting it ready. He is setting the environment, but He wants you to engage with it and He wants you to begin to cultivate it. As a church, we want to be that kind of church. That we are committed to no matter where we are, that people would see Jesus. That whether or not they ever come in our church building, they would experience our church. That no matter what goes on out there, Right, No matter what's happening, that the people of God are still the people of God no matter where they are. I said this at the end of worship. I said you know, too many times we, 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 sometimes we, we say we forget that Jesus loves us. I actually think more often than not we just minimize it. Oh, yeah, I remember. I, yeah, God does love me. Yeah, He does have a purpose for me. But we let that live in this small space like as though it's not the priority, as though it's not the main thing, as though it's not the thing that God really desires for Man, so good. I loved hearing you talk about it. Just gets me excited. I wanted to read the scripture I got uh, the other night as we were praying because I only read like a verse when we were together. But message translation says it's so good. It's Psalm 34 and it says, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with praise. I live and I breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news together. Let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels circle up. A, God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us as we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good he is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. <laughs> Worship opens the doors to all of his goodness. So let's just worship for another hour. <laughs> just kidding. Let's just pray right now. Father God, what an honor. What an honor to be a people in your church, a people called to you, God. What an honor it is to serve under your glory, God, to bring heaven to earth. What an honor, Lord. Father, I pray that as we worship you, Father, that you would meet us right where we are. Father, as we lift our hands and surrender to you, Father, we say that this next season as a church is going to be one like no other. God, we declare a new day and a new season is upon us. And it doesn't just mean for your church, but it means for your people something new is happening. So, God, I pray, Father, as we surrender, God, all that we have to you, Father, we would see our wildest dreams come true because we are serving under a good God. We are serving under you, Father, you are our protector. And your word says that as we worship you, that you have us, that you draw near to us. And so, God, let us be a house that forever worships you, that forever stands in your presence and surrenders our life to you. So, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come, that it would continue to be with us all the days, wherever C3 Fort Worth is. Father, our church is not just a building, but it's where we are as a people going. Where we go, you go. 
And so, God, I pray favor over everyone here and everyone online. God, I pray you would bless us. Father, would you have your way in us? Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.